0: Fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, writing, thinking, scheming. This is the way. This it's is the way, way that
1: I am Reese and I am Carly and this is to T- Ellen back. back hi hi Carly hey hey Reese how's the weather
2: at my I'll tell you how it is at my house it's hot, hot. it's really hot yeah I live uh about 15 minutes away from you yeah uh <laughs> and it I would I, I reckon it's the same amount of hot here as it is there
1: yeah, I think you'd be right. And I also like that you re- that you're reckoning. I yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm not i I've, I lived in the South for a few years, but um sometimes it's just fun to to say things with a more southern perspective on them, like y'all or reckon. Right. And I it's yeah, fun for I agree. me. Wow, we're really starting off this episode great. With some compelling, with some compelling uh,
1: chatter. Doing great. I will say that the internet connection means that both of you are just sort of like little slideshows.
2: Oh, good. That's great. (laughs)
1: Like, like, it's like just like a paused image, then another paused image, and then another. And so it's like, sorry, I have allergies.
2: I also have allergies. I'm having like a big sinus situation today. So I really, I feel, yeah, I feel really connected to you because of the weather. The, yeah, exactly. Weather banter.
1: That's what everybody's That's for what is people tune banter. into this
2: podcast for is people talking about the weather in Los Angeles.
1: Speaking of Los Angeles, this week we're going to be talking about episode 411. It's called Literary License to Kill. Well, um, why was that speaking is... of Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it takes place, this this program, The L Word, it takes place right here in Los Angeles,
2: California. That's incredible. Did you know that? I did know that. And I also know that it wasn't shot here.
1: <laughs> right. But every now and then they took a trip yep. to this city of angels that we are living in right now. Yeah, And so that's why when I thought of it, I thought, oh, The L Word, you know?
2: Wow. Um, Brilliant. Literary License to Kill, which I think is a bad title. I agree. It's a bad title. And I feel like it's probably somewhat in reference to Jenny's book. Right. Since since that's what a lot of this episode is focused on. Um, Mm -hmm. This is the second to last episode of season four. It is. Um, We're almost done. We're almost done with this season. Very exciting. With our first ever remote season. Yes. Wow. Yeah, you're right. Okay. This is episode (laughs) 411, Literary License to Kill. It's written by the one and only Eileen Shaken. And he was directed by John Stockwell, who uh, played himself. What was it? Two episodes ago when the big director hunt Mm -hmm. episode. Um, I don't remember. But he played himself. He also directed as we've we've talked about him. I feel like this is like the one like straight white man we've talked about the most on the show. He's uh, directed Blue Crush. He's beautiful. We keep talking about him. This originally aired March 18th, 2007. Um, Mm -hmm. And now it is time to tell you all that it's not just us today. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. We've got a very, very special guest, um, and that guest is Lauren Montoya. Please say hello and introduce yourself to the listeners.
0: Hey, y'all. My name is Lauren, um, and I'm super stoked to be here. I listen religiously to the uh, podcast, so. We are very excited to have you here. Um,
2: So, you know, the question we're going to ask, the question we ask everybody, what is your L word origin (laughs) story?
0: I actually was introduced to the L word. I think it was my junior slash senior year of high school. I graduated a year early, so they were kind of combined. Um, I think I've heard somebody mention it before on the podcast, but just kind of being introduced via YouTube videos. And so Mm -hmm. um, got one of those classic Shane and Carmen compilation videos. (laughs) Of course, of course, and uh, immediately was drawn into the show. So at that point in time, I already knew that I was very, very gay and very into women. Um, (laughs) And somehow managed to watch these YouTube videos on a school, a public school computer. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, I know it was before. I guess all the uh, site blockers came came to be. And uh, (laughs) MySpace was still kicking. But yeah, so that's kind of how it started. And then actually going into my freshman year of college, binge watched every season up until that point. So I want to say that maybe it was season five. But so you know, my friends and I, we all binge watched and then pitched in to be able to afford showtime when L word actually was going on. And so we would watch every Sunday, have these like huge watch parties.
1: Is there any character that you relate to specifically or that you like or your faves?
0: Um, So, I mean, I guess the, uh, the big character that I relate to is Tasha. Um, I'm active duty in the military currently serving. So I think just based off of that, there's just an understanding there that I kind of can relate to more. Um, But favorite characters, I, love bet and i've always always really loved alice i like her personality a whole lot and then of course carmen i was just like absolutely in love with carmen so
1: <laughs> yeah she's pretty easy on the eyeballs oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um in terms of like being in the military like why did you decide to join what was that what's your tell us about it
0: sure so i actually come from um from a military family my grandfather served in the air force um, he fought in the Korean War. I have lots of aunts and uncles that have served over the years. I actually uh, have quite a few family members that fought during World War II to include one of like oh, wow. my great aunts that I recently have been doing some research on. So pretty strong military um, background. And so it always felt like... Something that I wanted to do, I tried doing college for a little while, got about two and a half years into it and just realized like, it's kind of really isn't for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think like the day after I had that epiphany, I went to the recruiter's office and signed up. (laughs) So, so yeah, but it's been, I've had a really good experience. It's definitely a completely different type of education than, yeah. Than just, you know, going to college or going to like a technical school, just you're kind of forced to interact with people from all walks of life and kind of get out of your comfort zone. And so I'm really thankful that I've Mm -hmm. been able to do that. And now I can kind of navigate any sort of situation or personalities that I'm presented with. So, yeah, it's been pretty great. So
1: by the time that you joined was Don't Ask, Don't Tell already over?
0: So... Actually initially when I joined it wasn't. So I joined oh, knowing that um that don't ask, don't tell was still an active policy. Um, but it was a decision that I was able to come to terms with in myself. My long-term goal was more important than the immediate gratification of being able to live, you know, my life openly. But mm-hmm. it actually wasn't too much longer. I think, I mean, it must've been maybe a couple months when President Obama ended up repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And I remember I was working in a grocery store at the time, kind of waiting, biding my time. And uh, one of my really, really close friends, we were roommates in college. She ended up joining the Marines. I joined the Army. Um, But I remember because she texted me and was freaking out because we had both already, you know, made our commitments. And so... um, before either of us had to go to, you know, basic training or actually go through any of our training, um, it had been repealed. So it was oh, obviously cool. a huge burden that had been lifted yeah, off, off of our shoulders.
1: And then you could just like cut your hair off. I could. I think my hair was um, already You could get an undercut.
0: Yeah. But it's kind of just in the eye of the beholder. So you can have somebody that, that calls you out. Like I, I have had that happen when my hair was short where I had, you know, a star major that tried to call me out on my hair, but I was able to essentially like spit the regulation back to him and it sounded good. So then he kind of just backed off and was like, oh, okay, well, most dudes don't know the regulations for women. (laughs) right?" Um, So (laughs) it was pretty easy to refute, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of subjective when it comes to certain things.
1: Cool. Should we get into the episode? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. it. Okay. I would like to register an immediate complaint. (laughs) Please do. Go ahead. This scene has always annoyed me the whole time because, (laughs) like, why would it matter that the person between her legs giving her oral sex was a girl? Like, how how is that how she would find out she's not a lesbian? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like there's, like, not the most logic here. (laughs) Like, it seems like it would be I mean, I, I don't. I understand why they did it, but it seems like a better choice. Like, a, would be if they were like making out and touching each other's boobs or something.
2: Or I like, it was I don't like, know. I can't do it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, but it's weird because Poppy's not even in the
2: frames. I know? know, and it's also completely forgetting that first of all, people can be bisexual and pansexual. Just completely, as uh-huh. per usual, yeah. ignores that whole concept. But also. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on in Kit's life right now and it might just, it might not actually have anything to do with Poppy at all or who the person is. Maybe she's just like not in the right frame of mind to like be into having Mm -hmm. sex at that moment, which I feel like is probably a lot more likely than anything else. I don't know. I don't want to like put put words into her mouth here and she is a fictional character after all, but it just feels a little random. It sure does.
0: I think my biggest issue that I've always had with this scene is the way that they actually shot it because the way Mm. like the
1: the film
0: (laughs) of it, or I don't know like the technical term, but it shot as though it's like a dream sequence. And so it never seemed real. And so every time I find myself watching it, because obviously I rewatched this episode a few times um, in preparation and every single time, I always forgot that it was actually happening and not a right. figment of either one of their imaginations because that is such solely a good of the point. way that it's shot.
2: Yes, it's yeah. totally shot. It's like this vertical shot above Kit and it's spinning the whole time and like slowly pulling out mm-hmm. and then revealing Poppy. And it's such an interesting choice for, first of all, like you're saying, <laughs> yeah. not a dream sequence, not a fantasy sequence. And like, I mean, like, I guess you could argue that it's supposed to help kind of mimic the like, the turmoil in her head right now, but I feel like that's not, maybe she I don't has know. The that's spins. just not, not what I would have chosen. <laughs> did you could say maybe she has the spins. I mean, look, we've all been yeah.
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a little case of the zoomies. Yep. It happens. It happens. Then we leave the hottest, sexiest bitch and kit <laughs> who isn't a lesbian to go to the streets of Los Angeles, California yeah. Where Alice and Tasha are riding a motorcycle through the streets. Well,
2: Alice is and driving.
1: <laughs> she is? I was probably writing down. I don't like this scene when
2: she,
1: <laughs> about the first one. Yeah, <laughs> Win- Alice is
2: driving and she doesn't crash the motorcycle. It's actually remarkable.
1: Yeah, I drove a motorcycle once and I did crash it immediately. Yeah. I almost crashed into a plate glass window. <laughs> and then... <laughs> This, I was in, this is Switzerland. My boyfriend was like, okay, we're going to return it and you're going to ride the back of mine. And I was like, fine. <coughs> Alice wants to take Tasha to Mexico to a spa on the beach. Mm-hmm. And Tasha's like, that sounds expensive. And Alice
2: is like, don't worry about
0: the money. You got yourself a daddy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't worry about the money. You've got yourself a daddy. Wow. Wow. Correct. Wow. Wow. Oh, she mentioned that our chart- chart- fast. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, she, she says that rchart.com will be ready by May 1st. This is the first of many references to different False. months and dates in this episode, and I have no idea what time it, it is does. right then. <laughs> there's no way of knowing without them there's informing us. No. Like, no they never celebrate not. holidays. Nothing. There's It's no. California, so there's, there's no, no different Kippur.
0: seasons.
1: <laughs> there's no Sukkot. There's no <laughs> Easter Bunny. There's no Purim. There's um, no <laughs> tooth fairies. There's no Santa Clauses and no elves. So I Just don't
2: know lesbians. what that means when she says our chart that Max is working really hard and really fast and that our chart will be ready May 1st. I don't we don't know she, what the, it means the she's a liar. <laughs> Cuz our chart was never ready. That's fair. At the moment
1: of it's closing down it was still not ready. It was in beta the whole time. Lauren, did you ever
2: go on com <laughs> back in the day? I did.
0: Actually. Did the site
2: never work for you also? Um,
0: the only time that I ever remember it working is when I found <laughs> one of the teachers in my high school on it. Oh, oh, oh that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and That's the ideal...
1: Yeah. I love our chart. There was a lot of moments in this episode where I was like, oh my God, that's so me. And one of them was Alice walking right into traffic. Um, and <laughs> And so Tasha... Pulls Alice off the road and rescues her from the car, and then this sets into a bunch of like flashbacks to mm-hmm. war. Yes. What would our war expert like to would like to comment? Our
0: war expert? <laughs> we go to our war correspondent in the field. So the the thing that I did write down for this scene specifically was I will say that I think that they this was something that they did get kind of accurate. We're just like in that split mm-hmm. moment, that something in real life that happens kind of triggers and your brain just automatically goes to, you know, either a specific moment or specific moments. Obviously this person that she, is in love with or cares deeply about is in danger and immediately does like the muscle memory thing of just pulling yeah. that person out of harm's way and out of danger. It is uncontrollable. Like you cannot control when those types of thoughts take over.
1: You did a thing right, Eileen. Good job.
2: <laughs> the driver of the car yells at them and calls them dykes.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: The show loves Another that. instance. <laughs> Of this show
1: acting like you can just clock Alice as a dyke.
2: Or that anyone in <laughs> West know. Hollywood cares that anyone else is gay. Like Right They're they're outside this of This is the, the gay city. No one in West Hollywood cares that they are dykes because everyone in West Hollywood is gay. <laughs> is gay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or they wish they were gay.
1: Yep. Accurate. Then we go to the planet, a popular cafe, where Kit comes in, um, she's very hungover. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that we see the horrible cover.
2: (laughs) You know what I'm going to say. I know. Did they just get a stock photo? I think so. Probably. Yeah. The cover of Les Girls, girls, Lay Girls is terrible. And you know why we see the cover? Because Angus is holding it up to the camera and reading it. Why is Angus here?
0: Oh, why is
1: a man here in
2: reading this book?
0: Great. That's literally my comment. Why is Angus still here? <laughs> why yeah. is he
2: still here? I feel like they forgot to tell the actor playing Angus to stop showing up to set. Yeah. <laughs> and they just saw on the call sheet. like, oh, that fuck, we had he's here. Shoot. Put this book in his hand. The, yeah, he might as well hold a book. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, there's a planet scene on Tuesday. I'll just show up. It's like, why is he here? <laughs>
0: And it's her, it's her, like, it's her place. She, she owns can, it. <laughs> like, she yeah. can say, this person is not allowed in. Look at all the bars uh, all over the place that have people that are banned because of whatever yeah. shenanigans they've done. Yeah. So it's yep. like, it's yep. totally yep. Yeah, possible. go to
1: Hamburger Mary's. Also, this scene is following up on a theme of this program this week, which is people telling each other whether or not they are lesbians. And yeah. this scene it is Angus informing Kit that she is so not a lesbian. Said like a smarmy man who's like, you like having sex with me? you're not with me. And then also points out accurately that Poppy, if Poppy cares about Kit, should not be uh, drinking with her. Yeah,
2: that's fair. That line, that is the one thing he says that I'm
0: like, yeah, fair. I know that if she cared half as much about it as I do that she wouldn't let it. Well, you know, you should have thought about that before you had the nanny's lips wrapped around your dick. That is a fucking amazing line.
1: Yeah. She's really
2: shining in these episodes, you know? Yeah, she's getting a lot of great, like, one-liners in. Um, He's reading the book, and he tells Kit that Bette is going to be pissed when she reads it, which is the other theme of this Mm -hmm. episode, which is Bette reading a book. Yeah, I felt like (laughs) that a lot in this episode. We go
1: to California University, and Bette is wearing a shirt... It is a shirt. <laughs> it's a, sh- it's a full, there's, it's, it's, there's so much happening inside of it. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. So I won't. Everybody is, is giggling, walking around here and giggling. Um, and I love this idea of like people loving books so much that like all of them have bought this book and <laughs> read it in like a day, which What? It's great. I love it, though. Like That's great. I love this idea. I want the world to be this way. I love this fantasy of life where everyone's like, yes, let's buy the
2: book and let's read the entire book. Let's just be walking around with a hardcover book, reading it all the time and walking. Uh, What a wonderful utopia for books. Obviously, it's a great book. (laughs)
1: This is a real boom to the publishing industry. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Eileen.
2: She goes into her office and Phyllis is in there waiting for her, reading the book. (laughs) Book in hand. I love everything about Phyllis in this episode, if I'm being perfectly honest. Oh, for sure. Um, She really just nailed all of it. She's just in her office waiting for her. And she's like, is it true? One of the characters in the book is based on you? Everyone's talking about Mm -hmm. it on campus. And then she starts reading some (laughs) descriptions of Bev, which are like, The sexually predatory, emotionally abusive Bev, that's you, who uses her professional stature
1: to bet every girl and woman who crosses her path.
0: Yeah, I mean, read the fucking thing, but I can't imagine that it has anything to do with me.
2: So mean.
0: (laughs) Damn, Jenny.
1: Phyllis is the little gossip girl here and informs um, Beth that Jody is leaving for the
2: forest. Yes, the forest in New York.
1: Like Rumpelstiltskin.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Like the seven dwarves. Or maybe yeah, like,
0: again, like the gingerbread, Br- Hansel and Gretel. With the uh, timeline, though, because I feel like Jody just yeah. got there.
1: <laughs> right, but I mean, space gates already launched spaceships into space place.
0: Accurate, you know. Accurate.
2: Yeah, she says that she has to create a sculpture in March. So, just to recap, Jody has to leave right now <laughs> to go build a sculpture in March, and that Star so chart will be ready really must- soon on May first. So I'm getting all this. That's what's going on right now with the timing in this episode. What I think happened is they're trapped inside some sort of like interdimensional wormhole and Mm. it's causing like time to be kind of nonlinear, which is really Mm. exciting, I think. And, um, I think that's how time feels right now. Oh, but first bet asked James for a copy of that fucking book and she doesn't want to pay for it. She wants a comp. (laughs) (laughs) and i love that that's the energy i want to see from everyone in jenny's life i want to read this trash book i refuse to pay for it yes it seems like everyone else is paying for it so jenny will be fine Mm Hmm. and then we go to in-tech mode (laughs) so apparently all that happens at this company is gigantic meetings where the entire company has to be present how does anyone get work done there
1: are too many people at these meetings. Okay. What is I can barely get anything done in a meeting with two people. <laughs> <laughs> so Max has given the update on space. Good old space gate. Everyone wants it's to, time know what's to talk going about on space, space gate. gate.
2: Let's talk about <laughs> yeah. space Let's gate. Let's get into
1: it. But uh, heads up, Max, you've been taken off of space gate. And because you went on vacation and he's like, Ooh. my mom died. Man. And then, They say they gave it to Megan. So that's what you get for standing up for equality. They gave it to (laughs) Megan because the client requested it. And then we find out that Max has been on Spacegate
2: for nine entire months. What, what month is it? How long has he had this job? It does not feel like nine months has passed on the show since he got this job. No,
1: No. but if it, if nine months have passed on the show, that means they skipped over Christmas deliberately (laughs) and didn't have a Christmas episode or a Hanukkah episode.
2: Reese's whole anyway, goal in life is for there to one day be an L word Christmas mm-hmm. special. So this is a big this yeah, is a and, sticking point for Reese.
1: Right. But I. But at this point, I will be unhappy with it unless I personally
2: write the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Reese has a list of demands so someone and it's else does a it, pretty short list and that's the list.
1: Yeah, that's what I want. That's all I want in life besides Freileen Ch- shaking to invite me over to dinner so we can make a Blue Apron meal Aww. and I guess to find love and get married. But mostly um, to write anyway. that one Christmas special. But mostly to write the Elver's Christmas special, which is a lot like love. <laughs> then we go to um,
2: the Army Place.
0: That's um, accurate. I, that's actually what they're called. That's what they call it? That's exactly Army, what Army it's place.
2: Army Place. Excellent. Army so place. we're at Army, Army place. place. Army Gate. Army Gate. And like Space Gate. And Tasha has been called in to see Van. Um, He's the major, Reese.
0: It's that on his door. He is a major. Yes. Yeah. He is a major, which is actually one rank above captain. So I'm assuming he's like her first line supervisor.
1: So wait, what's Tasha?
0: Tasha's a captain. So um, for officer ranks, you have your second lieutenant, which are deemed butter bars because it's a gold bar. And then Mm. first lieutenant, which is a black bar. And then captain, which is. Tasha's rank, which is the two black bars that are kind of connected, and then major, which is the gold oak leaf. And then it
1: keeps so going. So this man had an oak leaf.
0: Yes, he had the gold oak leaf.
2: I'm glad they did that correctly and that was accurate.
1: Yeah, accessorizing is important, I think. I love to
2: flare. <laughs> I, love, I love buttons. I, I love pins.
0: Look, if I've, look, flare, I, I, my personal opinion is if you've earned the flare, then you deserve to wear it, so. I agree.
2: Yeah, I think you should. You should That's how I that.
0: feel yeah.
1: about my pin that says "I totes heart rock bottom" that we made in two thousand seven. <laughs> so the guy, the major, he's heard some things. Yeah, about yeah, you know who, but yeah. you know who, Tasha. <laughs> some things have been brought to his attention. Tasha,
0: that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Of like some private going to tattle on a captain, which yeah, that just wasn't believable to be, to be honest, but. Again, I don't have experience in actual Don't Ask, Don't Tell times, so maybe they would. I guess it's also
2: possible that other soldiers observed, like, Alice visiting the base and, like, maybe made some. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Or maybe they, like,
2: like, looked at Tasha
1: and were like, oh, you're gay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But also, I mean, he's, he's like a young white guy and he probably is a terrible person and he <laughs> yeah. doesn't like being bossed around by a woman
0: true even me as somebody that's uh, like higher ranking than private like I don't mix myself up into officers business like that's not my lane
2: right well that private certainly didn't feel the same way and yeah he went that private went public oh and- wow Reese amazing <laughs> amazing
1: <laughs> oh, job good boom, good. boom nice boom. Anyway, the major says that she has to be more careful about her lifestyle so that he doesn't have to report her. Yes. Let me go back
2: to... In tech mode! <laughs> <laughs> so Max has stormed out of the meeting and is on the phone with Alice. And he's like, what could you afford to pay me if I work for you full time? And Alice is like, what? Uh, yeah, no, we'll work it out. It's fine. I would not trust Alice to be able to pay me a full time <laughs> salary of any kind at ever, but especially right now. But you know what? Max needs to get out of this job and good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we kind of go, we kind of are now just in this scene with Alice, who's out shopping with Helena and Shane. Shane's wearing a fedora. It is very West Hollywood lesbian. At the moment. It's a very, it was a, it's a fedora moment. Um, mm-hmm. And they're all shopping. And Alice is looking at a watch for Tasha and Helena is looking at earrings for herself because Catherine gave her her credit card while she's off in Geneva. Ooh. These are actual things that are happening on this television show. <laughs> Helena yes. promises to invest in our chart and that she learned her lesson mm-hmm. and should not have invested her own money on the horses. And Shane and Alice get really mad at her because clearly Catherine is terrible. Emotionally abusive. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, um, like
1: Catherine's convinced her that she it's her fault, but Catherine fully told her to do it and like basically made her do it. Yeah, and made it and sexy. And then Shane <laughs> keeps sticking her nose in purses.
2: yeah shane sticks her face in a person is like smelling it it. (laughs) she's looking for something god uh and they're like is it for Paige? what's going on with you and Paige? or 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 is it for someone else are you back to your old old ways and instead of saying anything (laughs) logical shane just calls alice nancy drew and then calls them the hardy girls and just keeps telling them to figure it out which is like what a weird answer to that I love the idea, though,
1: that Shane's old ways were just buying fancy purses for multiple women, though. You know what I mean? Or one of
2: her old ways is just sticking her head inside of purses in stores. Oh, she put her head in the bag. She's back to her old ways. So then Helena gets a phone call. And of course, it's Catherine telling her something terrible, which is that her friend Birdie Lamb. That's right. This person has two animals for names. uh, Tells her that... Birdie's coming to stay in the hotel suite and she has to move out immediately. 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 Yeah. This is yeah. bad. Ugh. We need it for them. I just I don't I don't like this for Helena. I need Helena to like get out of this.
0: <laughs> well, and it's such a yeah. it's such a detour from the character that they built. Like from season season two where she's like wild card, like boss bitch into like this slow decline of just.
2: It's fascinating that the loss of her fortune, like getting cut off, changed her personality fundamentally. Like that's such an interesting thing that probably wouldn't happen in real life. I don't know. I don't want to project, but it just seems. I think it would. I feel like it does change you a little bit.
0: I mean, I don't know. I've never had, like, millions and millions of dollars. And then had it taken <laughs> to... away, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, she's bad at it. As aforementioned, she could have sold any number of her items, and she probably could have lived off of that for a year. Yep. Um, but speaking of things that I don't like, then we go back to...
2: In tech mode! mode. <laughs> Max is going to quit. Well, first they have to talk about Ego Burst. They're done talking about Spacegate, <laughs> and now they're talking about <laughs> Ego Burst. Another client. Ugh. Max comes back in and in the weirdest scene, he just (laughs) he just starts going around the table saying goodbye and shaking hands with every single person and saying like a completely generic like platitude that you would sign in a high school yearbook. It's good knowing you. I've really enjoyed being your colleague. I've learned a lot from you. Thank you for everything you taught me. Wish you continued success my best to your wife and your kid yeah
1: it's It's, it's, there and there are what 75 people in that room the the only way this could be explained is if max is carrying some kind of like something in his hand that like that's like a little i guess we can't make virus jokes huh
0: no Uh, too soon i don't know
2: maybe he stuck his hand in the toilet and then came in and <laughs> yeah, shook yeah, he managed to shake everyone's head. He just he just peed all over his hand and now he's shaking everyone's He's like, hands. sorry, my hand's wet. It's water, I promise. Yeah. But it's not. But it's pee.
0: <laughs> I think every time I watch the scene, I just get like secondhand embarrassment and anxiety because nice. who walks into a meeting to like awkwardly say goodbye? To it's, every person, yeah.
2: including his arch nemesis yeah. and his terrible boss. What I thought he was going to do right. is like say goodbye to the few people he liked. I thought so too, yeah. And then leave very like half baked, right? Isn't that from half baked? Like, fuck you, fuck you, oh, you're yeah, cool, yeah, I'm yeah, out. Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> I thought it was going to be like yes, one of those. Oh, yeah,
0: that would have been funny. Yeah. That would
2: have been funny, but that's like, they haven't given Max a personality that involves humor on the show, so that no, would be and out. And yeah. they
0: just keep shitting on him, like, literally every yeah. scene issues completely continues to tear him down he
1: also also tells his boss like give your best to your your wife wife and kid and (laughs) And i'm like you mean
2: the kid that you almost banged (laughs) okay wife and kid makes it sound like they have a baby but he's talking about a girl in college that he went on several (laughs) dates with he also doesn't actually say he quit he doesn't come in and be like he, oh yeah, how doesn't he go in and like go out in a big like blaze of glory? Like, yeah, I quit. Fuck you guys. And then he could yeah, go like he should have given you a know, speech. Good luck in your future endeavors. Um it was a great time being your colleague. Like then mm-hmm. he could
1: say that. Yeah. I think that he should have swept Megan off her feet and they should have run away together to a different television show that would be nicer. Aw. Then we go to Phyllis's office for a scene that I truly detest because oh, the dialogue oh.
2: is so bad. Very bad. So bad. uh, so Leonard's here and Uh, he comes in and he's like okay I forgive you for your little fling with your cream puff his words (laughs) and I will take you back and he does not think she's actually a lesbian this is again the second time someone has said this in this episode Um, Mm -hmm. and that she's too old too late in life to be making these types of uh, big life changes and and realizations about herself and then he screams i'm a man yeah he she first he he's like you're you're
1: 56 and she's like no i'm 58 which is the only good dialogue in the scene <laughs> yes and then and then she's like look in the mirror leonard and then he goes i am a man <laughs> like <laughs> oh okay He's already said he's that she's nothing like those girls yeah and then the worst well, some of the worst dialogue in elbert history is the toilet discourse that that ensues like you want to take all of our life together and throw it down the toilet yes leonard i want to take our whole life and throw it down the toilet
2: like give it up give up the toilet why are we talking about toilets so much
1: yeah you don't need the toilet you can end the line before toilet you want to throw a whole life together throw away
2: our whole life together period that would have been fine also why is he calling alice a cream puff no i don't know but guess what now i want a cream puff yeah me too (laughs) Then the, the scene ends so weirdly where like her assistant or someone comes in and it's like the committee is here and then she's like cool I'll be right there and then that committee just walks into her <laughs> office like these three random people just walk in like while she, Leonard's <laughs> shouting at her. I was like what is happening? Yeah, <laughs> This is I chaos. think they going to cart her off like In Beauty and the Beast when they
1: come for her dad and take him off in the little paddy wagon. (laughs) I thought that's what they were going to do to
0: Phyllis. But also, what kind of assistant is that? That, like, obviously sees a heated conversation. It's not James. She should get fired. I'll tell you
1: what, it's not James. Yeah, James just... Everyone, but James should be fired. Speaking of James, except not really, we go to Beth's office where some extra... Peeks Pe- his head in, Random holding man. up a copy of Lay Girls," and says,
2: <laughs> "Attendance is going to skyrocket. Although we might lose a few Christian folk along the way. Les girls, way to go, Bev." Truly, deranged.
0: What, <laughs> what was that? Who was that man? I, just, I, I also how? like. How does everybody what? know that this is Bet?
2: Only other queer people would have this gossip first exactly. of all. I just want to point out this is like <laughs> queer specific gossip. This was this would not be at mm. this point gossip that was like global or even locally stretching into heterosexual communities. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have ever in the history of the world has anyone ever gone to a school because somebody who is the dean of a <laughs> part of that school was in a story, in a book. Like, I know people go to schools like they want to work with a specific artist or whatever, but like, but this specific situation, it, it literally I it makes zero, zero percent sense at all, you know? None. Attendance is going to skyrocket. Also, what colleges don't have an attendance problem? You know, like they, <laughs> no. like there's plenty of people who want to go to
2: college. Also, In you fact, have to. Some apply. are rejected from the opportunity. You don't just yeah, say you're going. going. You actually you apply to college, and then the college tells yeah. you if you get to go. So a like lecture series. This is ridiculous. But what's great is that we get the beginning of Bet getting angry at Jenny and just like muttering oh, angry things to beautiful. herself, which is fucking great. So beautiful. fucking unacceptable. It's unacceptable. So then Bette calls Tina and she's now mad at Uh Tina because Tina didn't give her a heads up about this. And she's like, didn't she did. (laughs) After being called emotionally abusive, she immediately (laughs) thinks, "Mm, let me emotionally abuse Tina again. Oh, my God. And Tina's like, Tina's like, it's not you. It's a character. She's like, you're a control freak also. But it's like super endearing. Everyone loves that about you, which is hilarious because everyone hates that about her. Right.
1: <laughs> You're not a narcissist.
2: And she isn't. And then we go to <laughs> lunch. Yeah, so then Tina gets, My off, least favorite meal. Tina gets off the phone with Bette and we reveal that she is at a restaurant or whatever and she is about to have a meeting with our new friend, Kate Arden, the director. And yeah, she shows up with her. her manager. She introduces him as Larry Kinnar. Um That is it's Larry Kinnar man. playing himself. He is a... Sure Executive producer on the L Word and on the film Debs, which is a film that I love. Um, mm-hmm. And he also uh, he produces and manages, so he is yeah. playing himself. And he did too. a series called DTLA. It was like I think a web series, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Yes. <laughs> anyway, he's a
1: real he's a nice man. Yes, but unfortunately, he's not a very good actor. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not an actor, right? Exactly. But he's really nice. Just like, I like him?
0: Do I did like appreciate his use of the sidekick. That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He was using the fuck out of that sidekick. It
0: it did make me long for the days that I had an actual keyboard and like could type without looking. Yeah. So Kate is
2: like, okay, um, they're meeting about the script. So what we find out here is that Jenny has been hired as the screenwriter of the film. I would like to comment on that as a person who works in this industry. Um, The odds of Jenny getting to be the screenwriter of the adaptation Mm -hmm. of her book being a person with zero experience writing for film or television is insane like it would never happen so first I, of all if this was crazy. me and it
1: will be me i would not want to write the screenplay because i'd be like i did it i got a bunch of money for them optioning it please someone, someone else, else do it yeah write the fucking screenplay especially like, because i don't want bad do at editing, editing. This anymore, my screenplay you know? would be five hours long
2: right you generally don't want to. I mean, like you would of course be involved. I mean, it's your story. Mm -hmm. Like you wrote the book, but like the fact that she is the one responsible for the script at this point in the story is ridiculous, but I digress. Sure is.
1: So Jenny's incompetent. Kate's doing all the work and they do not want her to continue to do it.
2: Yeah. And Larry's sort of pitching Kate as, you know, he's like, she's written scripts. You could have her write it. Um, which is fair. And he's like, you know, she's really busy and this is like a waste of her time just like fucking around, waiting for Jenny to write something that she can actually direct. He says, Jennifer Schechter is a complete waste of her time, which I like. I like that a lot. And then Kate takes the sidekick out of Larry's hand because he has been on it the (laughs) entire time, which I I thought that was a wonderful detail. Um, And Kate flirts with Tina a little bit more. And basically the, the point here is, Jenny must be stopped.
1: It is. And they, and I think what really drives that point home is that she's gone for almost the entirety of the episode. Yeah. But, where where um, is she? Right. I, was I like guess she's, she's off writing. Busy? <laughs> yeah. Writing <laughs> right, <and> the screenplay. <laughs> then we go to, I guess
2: the art place, the stu- a studio art studio at, at the school. And there's a student presenting some work gets yeah, a project and they're all drawings And yeah, there's a man there that we don't know anything about, but he tells the student that this is a sculpture class and you can't do drawings, but he has clearly already spent his time drawing like a thousand drawings. There's so many (laughs) drawings that are like done and mounted around the room. And he's like, you have to make this into a sculpture. It's just like, what. And Jody, I would have like
1: ripped all the drawings off the wall and smashed them all together
2: into a little snowman and been like, "There's your fucking sculpture. Yeah, I quit made out of my fucking drawings." And Jody is like yeah. advocating for the student, like, girls. "You know, this is where his art took him, and like he should be able yeah. to follow that," which I think is valid. But then Bet is there and is like, "No, <laughs> yeah, Bet in completely inappropriately. Like, why is she always around? Doesn't she have more important things to be doing <laughs> as the dean of like the college?" Clearly so, not. and
1: then Jody and Beth just kind of like stand there gritting their teeth. Womp womp. womp womp. Then we go to Shenny's. Shane's obsessed with Jared. Yes. Shane has a present for Jared and is sort of trying to like be Jared's
2: other mom. Yeah. Which is like. To fill the void. It's like, it's cute. It's like Shane very, with little kids is always cute. and endearing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm
2: mm-hmm. into it. Um, and it's this like Page cool just big like a vinyl figure named El Panda. I don't know anything about it, but I do enjoy vinyl figures, so I thought that was cute. Um, I have a question for both
1: of you. Yes. Yes. Um, would you like to go to the Third Street Promenade to
2: see the disembodied chickens? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Before uh, after I have a,
0: my violin lesson. I, yeah, though. I was going to say
2: I, I also have a violin lesson, so I guess maybe we oh. go can we go after okay, the if I pick lesson? You up at your violin lesson? Well, okay. Wait. You... What if? What if we go to the Seed the Chickens in Santa Monica? Okay. Then you drop oh. us off at the violin lesson.
1: Okay. Is that can cool? we get ice cream? Yeah, we could
2: totally get ice cream. Absolutely. I love ice cream. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Okay, Thanks, great. Guys. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so we're planting the seeds in this scene of like Paige being uh, preemptively sad that she thinks Shane forgot her birthday, which is tomorrow. Right. That's where we're at. So all right. Then um wow, Reese, I'm gonna let so you so much more episode left. I know. This is such a dense episode. Um the next scene is one of the greatest worst scenes oh. in the history <laughs> of television, of this show, of anything my eyes have seen. Reese, I'm gonna let you have <laughs> mm-hmm. this because I know how much how much this means to you.
1: For some reason that I can only I, I don't know. There's no reason for this. There's no reason for this. None. We open with a close up of a man's bare foot, which nobody ever needs to see. You know, really, honestly, feet, eh, yes. keep, them, pass. keep them away. Hard pass. A man's yeah. bare feet, feet clipping his toenails into a small dish on the coffee table. And like, it's not like this is a shot of the whole room and there's the guy clipping his toenails. It's a shot close up of the foot. And Tina's in the scene. But Where's she's Tina? She's way in the back, Very far away. Yeah. This is terrible and it's mean and I actually covered my eyes because it is, it's like, ah, there's
2: so many things going wrong. Anyway, uh, Oh, he's collecting the little toenail clippings in like a little like platter dish thing that's out on the coffee table, which I think is just such a classy move.
1: And also he, he pulls out the newspaper to read it before getting rid of the nail clippings.
0: I would actually classify this scene as domestic terrorism.
1: <laughs> I would agree with you on that. This is yes. Yes, it is. This is honestly, it's a miracle that Tina, no matter how you feel about Tina survives the scene she is giggling
0: on the phone she should uh she should definitely get a purple heart on my humble opinion
2: she should she should get a purple heart she should get an academy award she should get a people's choice award an
0: sb give her an egot at this point everything give
2: her full egot all of them because for her to have yeah not walked out of that house and never spoken to him again after that that would have been fine and she stuck around at least a little while longer And that's remarkable. She's brave. She's very brave. I'll give her that. She is very brave. Yeah, I think (laughs) that we really see her bravery here. Well, also, she's reading Jenny's terrible script while this is happening. I mean, she's really like suffering. Man, this scene just, this story just keeps going.
1: Then we go to, I don't know where we are, doesn't matter. We're in the shed.
0: Shed. that's the shed the, he's really the, done a lot the, with that uh, shed like the ever put carpeting expanding in it. shed
2: i know every time it yeah. cuts into, into the shed it looks like a larger space
1: <laughs> so they're cheersing to freedom with red wine and then so this is a sex scene okay um a few things about this sex scene first we learn that max is getting surgery soon like in three weeks he says yeah again um, what what
2: <laughs> <laughs> why is this right. not part of the show like I cannot believe this is not even a real storyline on the show especially no. after last season when he had the whole queer prom to raise funds for his top surgery and then no one ever talked yes. about it again
1: what? Yeah. They're, so they're like making out and it's cute and hot and then Max doesn't want her to take his pants off and he doesn't feel comfortable and she's really pushy and it's, yeah. and really pushy
0: definitely uncomfortable uh, like,
1: yeah there was not there was um, not consent here, yeah, um, and she sticky. just kept pushing it, and I do feel like this again, this goes along with their sort of like transphobic agenda mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. want, you know, to be like, "Oh, you know, he's like being too precious about his body, basically, and right. if he just let go and let this girl seduce him, then he would be fine and have a great time, And that yeah. sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah just sucks. the continuation of their invalidation of his identity this
2: yeah yeah it's just yeah I got I got a lot of icky vibes in this scene I didn't like it mm-hmm.
1: over at Beth's house um Beth's <laughs> reading the book and she doesn't care for it fuck you Jenny
0: it's complete utter total fucking bullshit Go and not say that never it's not even grammatically correct fucking idiot you're dead meat you're just dead fucking meat Jenny Schecter.
2: just classic correct. moments classic classic, oh, classic. Moment. we love it I love it so much. Then
1: we go back to Henry's where um, I don't know what has happened to the toenail clippings, but I'm glad we don't have to look at them again. And then he's blah, blah, blah.
2: You're a lesbian, blah, blah. There's no such thing as bisexuality.
1: meaner.
2: He's super dismissive. Tina's trying to talk to him. Like, clearly she's not happy. And he's just super dismissive. And then, yeah, he starts yelling at her, like, once a lesbian, always a lesbian. And he just fucking sucks. Tina, get out of there. Also, he, like, was making eggs and then he, like, throws them out. Oh, my God.
0: That's literally what I wrote (laughs) down. He wasted a perfectly good egg. Good egg. So rude. Threw it. Also threw a, a fucking hot pan into the sink. I don't like that one bit. Should have thrown a hot
1: pan on his face. Mm -mm. So he said he knew this would happen because once once a lesbian, always a lesbian. And you know what I think? I think once a bisexual, possibly still a bisexual.
2: (laughs) I also think that you can't blame your partner's sexual orientation on them not wanting to date you if you suck. Yeah, you just cut your toenails on how dare you pass judgment on
0: anybody (laughs) take your ass to the bathroom (laughs) jesus christ
1: like a civilized person yeah henry it's not all men it's just men who upset me personally yeah um so then we go to alice's uh i still like what is this world where people are like you you'd buy someone like a watch or like a nice purse this okay. is like
2: how I feel around Christmas time when they have the commercials where people give each other yeah. cars as gifts. I'm always <laughs> like, who is giving a like car what? as a gift? Who? How? First of all, yeah, I want to pick the out bow, my own car. car first of all, I do love a gigantic yes. bow, but I, I'm like, <laughs> I would want to pick out my own car. And second of all, yeah. how is that a Christmas present? What, how rich are you? <laughs> yeah. Rich people. They're like Christmas drive time event. I'm going to buy seven Lexuses for everyone on my list.
1: Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Alice, um, has set up some rose petals around her little watch gift. Yes.
0: I would like to reference back to the store. I don't know if it was, like, a high-end thrift shop, but to Shane's credit, it is a very ugly watch.
2: <laughs> I like when they were paying yeah. for their stuff at the store, that they were telling the person ringing them up that worked at the store that they would take the ugly watch, the ugly bag, and the ugly earrings. <laughs> I... <laughs> Working at a store, that's what you want to hear from people. I mean, whatever. I guess she yeah. was taking their money, but that was fun. So this watch gift it does not does not
1: go over well because it gives Tasha another flashback um, to her, the Lisa, the friend that she w- went to Iraq with, who her husband left her and she lost her baby and then she died. Very
2: that's deeply bad. tragic story.
0: <laughs> Very. For me, watching it, like the... Actual story, like Lisa's story, is not super uncommon. Like the divorce st- uh, statistics for just like normal civilians is super high, but then it's just probably like increased by, I don't know, 50% for military personnel. Oh, and so, like, it's a pretty accurate story. I know a ton of people that went overseas and they either get dumped while they're there or they come back home and their house is empty and their bank accounts are drained. And, oh my God. Well, yeah.
1: And then the, their only choice is to shack up with Catherine Rothberg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish that, that, I, wish that w- I mean, I wish that was the option, but, um <laughs> but yeah, no, like it's not a super uncommon story that, yeah, somebody would be deployed, and their spouse can't handle it. Especially like if you're actually looking at it, at the actual timeline that this was taking place. So what I think this year was the year this season came out was what like two thousand six or two thousand seven. So that was like yeah, right at the height of the surge. So tons of um, military personnel in Iraq in Afghanistan deployments typically at that point in time were like 12 months but could go anywhere upwards of 15-16 months and you just get extended there and you stay there and so you know it takes a super strong person on the other end to be able to you know go through that uh, with the military Mm -hmm. person and so I will say like for all the things that I do think that they got wrong with Tasha's character again like that was Mm -hmm. something that is pretty accurate of just being like I can't do this yeah so one of the things that I do feel that the show got wrong is like they built Tasha's character up to be this like morally upstanding character and like believes in her values lives her values yeah and so I just don't believe that in the amount of time that they that her and Alice had been dating up until that point that they wouldn't have had any sort of conversation about her struggles, or even just bare minimum military.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's so. like, it's unclear how long they've been dating, as we know, because time doesn't exist on the show. But the fact but that space like, gate. Spacegate, but, but the fact that like, there's <laughs> so many things that Alice seems to not know or get in this episode not even like mm-hmm. even the scenes that come later like yeah it just feels yeah. so ridiculous like yeah so the next so the next scene is at the army
1: base yeah and alice basically shows up at the at the army base she's like waiting outside in her car
2: tasha comes in her motorcycle alice is like hey we need to talk she's just like strutting around in her cute dress in front of all of the other soldiers and tasha's like why why the fuck are you here? Get the fuck out of here. Like, oh my God, I could get Um, investigated for like all this shit that is you being here. So yeah.
0: Huge problem for me is how the fuck Alice still keeps getting on base. Because (laughs) I, I, I'll go out on a limb here. I don't know if either of you have been on an army installation or like a military installation, but you have to have your a military ID or somebody in the vehicle with a military ID to get on the base, and if you don't have that, then you have to go to that visitor center and basically they run a background check. You have to actually know wow. somebody, which obviously she knows Captain Tasha Williams, but like yeah, sort it's of like just the Magic Castle. It's just, it's actively. Like it's so inaccurate that I still cannot get over how many times Alice has been able to get on this base, <laughs> right? With with like no credentials yeah. whatsoever. Yeah,
1: and that she was just lurking outside. I feel just like someone lurking. might notice. I mean, yeah. isn't that? I I again, in I don't I know very mini-cooper. much about the military, but <laughs> I but mean, I feel like people in the military are trained to like look at people who are notice things to notice things to notice that there's a girl think, lurking in her car i mean right? she's very so
0: like so civilians do work on most bases like it's not all military people but she sticks out like a sore thumb like yeah she's
1: mm-hmm. also very dressed up it just yes. yes she could have worn camouflage if she wanted to to blend in that's
0: true
2: yeah wow it, nice reese you're really crushing it today and then, like outside right. of that, like her complete lack of respect for Tasha and Tasha's life and ta- what Tasha's yeah. doing, like the fact that she, like, Tasha's like, you have to leave. And then Tasha is like forced to be like, I could get investigated for homosexual conduct. And then she keeps trying yeah. to talk to her, even at that point yeah. in the conversation.
1: Yeah. Like it's, and also here's another thing you shouldn't go to your to your partner's workplace, Thank even you. if they just work at the planet, like Angus. You should not if your partner won't talk to you, yeah. you know what? You're gonna have to sit it out. You're gonna have to sit it out. You're gonna have to wait until they wanna talk to you. You can't just go to their workplace. No. My ex boyfriend Scott, who used to do that to me at the macaroni grill, <laughs> you can't do that.
2: Okay. Would he get the crayons and draw on the uh tablecloth? And be like, hey Reese, I need to talk. Leave me notes. Yeah. <laughs> he would leave me notes on the tablecloth. Yeah.
1: But not because not to continue. Not to continue a personal conversation during work hours. That's the that's the yeah. that's the thing here. Yeah. You know? And, and just her complete and so, yeah, Alice is ugh.
2: Alice is pissing me off. Her complete like disregard for and disrespect of Tasha and everything that is going right. on in her life is just so And and
1: regardless and regardless how she feels about the military, it's Tasha's job and it's her partner, so she should not want her partner to get fired from her job. Like that's right. like a basic thing. Yeah. You know?
2: Also, it would be ridiculous to think that Alice does not know what don't ask, don't tell is like she has to know yeah, that that's
1: really weird. Like so that on, she on has to know
2: that every time she shows up on the base or like even the stuff that mm-hmm. happened when they were at the she does know. Track. they talked about it last time she was there. Right. So like so that's even worse.
0: It's
1: yeah, like,
0: it's so bad. But it kind of I mean, it reinforces just kind of even from the beginning of the relationship, how different they are from each other. Yeah, yeah. And the the complete different walks of life that they come from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yes, they make a, you know, very attractive couple, but like, they're (laughs) just not compatible. Yeah, in my opinion, like, it's just
1: but I love them together anyway. For some reason, I know. And the last time she was there, she like surprised her. You know, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> speaking of workplaces, then we go back to California University, where attendance is surging because of Lay Girls, and we are in the kitchen, which is it's empty like except kitchen. for Bet and Jody. <laughs> Jody is chopping up a little orange. Um, Bet's going to make some coffee. Can uh, Jody use Bet's milk? Yeah, she can. Wow, what a necessary scene this the was.
2: <laughs> like, nice colors. We're going to meet a new character, everybody. Welcome to it's Molly. A new character. It's Molly Kroll, daughter of Phyllis and Leonard, and real life daughter of Sybil Shepard. Mm-hmm. This is Clementine mm-hmm. Ford. Welcome yes. to the show.
1: In this scene, I related to Molly because when my mom came out, I was like, no, you're not a lesbian. <laughs> And I was really mean. And <laughs> then I became a lesbian. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Well However, done. my mom came out in 1995, 96. It was 96 or 97. I was 15. Molly is in college. She should know better. Molly. Yes, she should. It's funny. Cause like, yeah. I don't, did they
2: even, I don't know if they knew at this point that they were going to have her become a character. Yeah, on the show, like, you know, this might've just been like a cute, stunt casting of like her real life daughter right. who's also an actor but they i don't know that they at this point knew what the the journey would be for this character or if this character would even recur you know um so the anyway the point of this scene is that um leonard told molly what what phyllis was like doing and that she's gay now and wants to leave him and she's like yelling at her and she's on dad's side who's gonna take care of dad and i was like um dad yeah, you should take care of like, himself this is upsetting
1: yeah <laughs> That's what Phyllis said too. She was like, "He's a grown man. I'm not a nursemaid." Yeah, you know, valid. And I was like, "Yeah."
0: And honestly, my note here is, "Oh my god, a, I'm Molly."
1: Sad face. Like,
0: such a low move on Leonard's part. <sighs>
2: like not
1: letting. Yeah, his, yeah, Leonard's lost his banana. Yeah, you can't.
0: You can't out poopy. your
2: partner to your kid. You got to let your. You got to let Phyllis tell her herself. That's <laughs> fucked.
1: We didn't even. We didn't even talk about how he says that he that that they are re, like. He has some sort of gender role anxiety, like that, because Phyllis is leaving him for a younger woman and that should be his job. Like, he's obviously oh, yeah. really upset that Phyllis is more successful than he is.
2: Yeah. He's like, um, I'm the one that's supposed to have the midlife crisis and date a younger girl yeah. or whatever, which is what it's like. Good luck with that personality. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then
1: um, Paige picks up Jared
0: from his violin
1: lesson, which actually. <laughs> from his vi-
0: contradicted Shane's original plan that she was going to pick him up from the violin lesson and then take him to go see the chickens.
1: Yep. Maybe he has daily violin lessons because he's like a a maestro. Maybe. (laughs) You never know with these kids these days with their uh, string
2: instruments. She's like, um, let's let's go out for dinner because it's my birthday and he's like, "Oh mom, I forgot it's your birthday." I'm like, oh god. Let's go to the Olive Garden. If it was my birthday, I would have suggested we go to the Olive Garden because when I was younger Correct. and growing up, I every year made my parents take me to the Olive Garden for my birthday <laughs> and I would get chicken parm with a side of linguini and then I would get a slice of the New York style cheesecake and salad mm, and breadsticks and, and that was my yeah. birthday dinner every single year.
1: I already told the story in this podcast of when we blindfolded Lauren, put her in my then-girlfriend's truck, drove her to the Olive Garden <laughs> for her birthday, told, would not tell her where we were going, and then walked her in and then took off her blindfold, and we were like, we're at the Olive Garden, and she was so excited. But she was also mad the entire time. She was, like, upset that she didn't know where we were going. I
2: would also have been mad that I was I
1: would have being
2: been I don't like surprises. Kidnapped.
1: Yeah. Lauren, you loved it.
0: Oh, hey, Reese is definitely right. It was one of my favorite birthdays, and I got the tour of Italy. Okay, back to the podcast.
2: Jared wants to go to dinner at that place with the great french fries, which, of course, is the planet.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the first time hearing of these french fries, though.
2: Yeah, I would like know. to try it them. It's the
0: pear polenta tart, but
2: yeah. I wonder how much the fries cost if the tart costs $3 million. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to say $36. <sighs> Expensive fries. Those are like hotel fries. Then we go to
1: oh. Bet
2: yeah And i actually love this, this in scene. this scene i
1: i related to bet
2: <laughs> i wrote oh, um i wrote wow i'm bet and so tina's like well you're like a control freak and then bet's bet immediately gets defensive <laughs> yeah
1: I <know. laughs> it was perfect she's like no i'm not that's how you get shit done <laughs> and then tina points out a bunch of stuff that's totally true she's like yeah. you think your needs are more important than everyone else's you think your work and your ideas are more important and you're more important and involved then that you're smarter anyone. than everybody, and these are all true yeah. points.
2: These are things that are true about yeah.
0: Bet. But also, clearly, how does how does Bet not know that she's a control freak?
2: I know. I was gonna say it's clear. No, Bet didn't know any of this.
0: Question like, mark. She That's didn't. Crazy. She didn't get to be the dean of <laughs> the what the art department at California University, whatever,
2: by not like,
1: being a control university. freak. Right. I think it's like you don't, but you don't know which part, because sometimes people find parts of your personality charming that are not. So you're never sure what
2: exactly is it That's about you point. that makes That's you
1: unbearable. You yeah. know, I'm thinking about that all the time.
2: Yeah. So um, then Tina's like, well, I'll take it over the safe, boring man I've been seeing any day, which is great. I enjoyed that line. Yeah. She, and then Tina's like, She should like, have been
1: like, guess what he did with his toenails today? She should have told her about
2: the toenails. She would, that would have lipped no. the fuck out. And then. Tina very smartly tells Bette that she has met her match in Jody. It's someone that's not going to take her shit. And that's what we've been saying too. She's correct. Tina is mm-hmm. very correct in the scene. Um, I actually really like the scene. I really like them just like having a really like real conversation with each other. I thought yeah, it was, yeah, it was nice. Um, and then Bette uh, asks her about Kate Arden and kind of like po- like teases her a little. Um, and yeah. which made me remember a little uh, Tina definitely has a type. Yeah, she does. <laughs> like like a physical type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is she does is funny. And then it's uh, someone who talks over her. Yeah. <laughs> well, physically <for laughs> t- they have long dark hair and they're very pretty, and uh-huh. then they are very yeah. overbearing. <laughs> yes.
1: And then Tina says what so many have argued on this very podcast, which is that
2: I think you met your match in Jody. She's as strong as you are. It's up to you. Can you handle it? Which is correct, because we've said the same thing and we are never wrong. Bet, clearly evidenced by this scene, Bet doesn't really get her own shit. Like clearly, Jody has been through like therapy and is like an evolved, emotionally mature <laughs> yes. person who can like communicate effectively, and Bet is like not that person.
0: Like No, she's yeah. she has not found the therapist that has been able to break through. Yeah,
2: she has not. No. It's not Dan Foxworthy. Not not Dan. Um, she has this
1: uh almost the same exact conversation with Tina in uh Gen Q ten years later. Oh my
2: god, you're <laughs> right. She yes. does. No wonder Tina moved away. <laughs> so really like, having I can't, really keep, having, I can't keep telling you your faults all the time. You have to actually listen. <laughs> yeah. Maybe write them down. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Literally
2: almost the exact same conversation. Yep. That's fair. Uh, the scene ends with Tina realizing that she now has to fire Jenny and Bet offers yeah. to do it for her, which nothing would make me happier oh, than watching Bet fire Jenny from yeah. Tina's movie.
0: Yes, I, I wrote, I would love to see Bet. fire Jenny. I would pay
2: good money to <laughs> see that. Yeah. I
0: Absolutely. I would, would pay good cameo money to just <laughs> yes. watch Like Clementine that. Ford money. Yes.
1: <laughs> I would pay for Bet to fire me, I think. Oh. Ooh, yeah, I would yes. actually, I would be no. mm-hmm.
2: yep. <laughs> yep. roast me and lay me out. So we <laughs> go to the planet where the gang's all there. They're all hanging out. Everyone all looks chaos. cute. Kate's there too. Part of the gang now. Shane and... is wearing a full sequin shirt though. And I didn't care for that. <laughs> <it. laughs> I mean, okay, that's fair. But this, is this the first time ever that there's been a big event at the planet and no one had any scenes where they talked about how tonight was the big gold crap show at the planet. Are we going? Who's all going? Are, are we get, what time are we going? Because they couldn't talk about it.
1: Cause it was a surprise.
2: Oh my God. What? It was a surprise. So Paige and Jared show up <laughs> and Paige sees them all hanging out without her. And like, is like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't be here. It's like a special event. And then Kit suddenly yeah. there. And she's like, Oh yeah, I've got a yeah. table for you because Shane set it all up because Shane did not forget mm-hmm. Paige's birthday. And clearly, Jared was in on it too. And good job, Shane. Yeah. It was cute. And Goldfrap is also in on it somehow. Goldfrap's in on it somehow. Um, somehow. Love Goldfrap. Also,
1: before they come in, Alice says, like, Tasha's having a dark night, whatever oh. that means, and rolls her eyes. And Poppy's oh, like, yeah. that means she's working at night. Oh. <laughs> um,
0: oh. Like, how?
1: Because um, when she said that, I thought she meant, like, I my thought was,
2: oh, Tasha feels depressed and she's at home. Yeah. I thought it was like a dark night of the soul. <laughs>
0: Yeah, dark night of the soul. That is how I took it. Like just one of those nights where you don't want to be around people. Yeah, just trying to take it easy. Um, that's not a thing. That term. <laughs> oh, really? That term is not not a thing. Um, so they made up dark night. Um, that's literally called a night shift, like <laughs> anywhere else.
2: Yeah. In, huh. so, in the history, so just in the like history
0: of jobs. In any other profession. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh that is a night shift. Incredible. Incredible. This is probably when they should have leaned in and, and maybe consulted somebody that has been in the military.
2: <laughs> mm, um, yeah.
0: Because that is a hundred percent not a thing. Um
2: that's so funny. Real bad. So, okay, we go to, I guess we're back at the university in, like, Cap. Jody's studio where she's sculptressing all the time. It's lit. Yeah. It's the most dramatic lighting I've ever seen on this show. It is lit like one of the, like, Joel Schumacher or Tim Burton Batman movies. Like, seriously thought, like, the yeah. Riddler was going to come out. Uh-huh. There's like metal and all these sculptural crazy angles and like it's this big set piece and then this uplighting and all the extras are dressed like wacky artsy people. It's just like very much like a, a scene in a way that the show doesn't normally do. I don't know. Maybe I guess events at the planet. But anyway, Jody has called everyone here together to say goodbye to them.
1: Yeah, I thought was this like her thesis, their, their thesis review or something. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't. even know if the people who wrote the scene knew what was going on either.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that. That's fair.
1: Because she's like, you're in good hands with Dean Porter, but Bet's not their teacher. So what does that have to do with anything? She's been there. She'll continue to be there. Yeah. Jody's their teacher. She, this just just admit it. You're it's a it's a bet. It's just a bet speech. You want to talk about bet? We all want to talk about that, but I don't a, do it on a sculpture. I do it at home on my, I'm where my knees are sweating.
0: <laughs> Every other time that Jody's had a scene, Beth is able to come in and, and interrupt it, but not this one. Bet
2: no, is nowhere, to she's nowhere to be found. She's nowhere to be found. Phyllis comes in to like see what's going on, but uh, uh,
0: yeah, she does oh, have another
2: Stephen Suggal vibe. Um, when she, she does. Phyllis's, she has the little glasses, Phyllis's
0: glasses are yep. the best part
2: of this whole thing. Ah, uh, so good. So then we go back to the planet and Goldfrap is playing the song Ride a White Horse. It's a great song. Um, I was very into Goldfrap in this time period. I remember being very excited to see Goldfrap on the show. And Alice asks Poppy if she's talked to Tasha. And Poppy's like, I think you guys just need to talk. And the thing is, is that Alice What's keeps trying to talk to Tasha and Tasha <laughs> won't talk to her. But also half of the time yeah. she's trying to talk to Tasha, she's snuck onto an army base. <laughs> Basically, yeah. no one's doing this correctly. Yeah, <laughs> and have you
1: ca- tried calling? Have you tried just giving her a phone ring call and her little phone ring call? sidekick? Mm.
0: You know, and one of one of the few times that Poppy is absolutely a hundred percent correct is <laughs> in this scene <laughs> of just you need to have an actual conversation. Yeah,
1: yeah. I also can't figure out: does everyone hate Kate or like Kate? And also, is Jenny like
0: successfully hitting on Kate? Or what? No, Jenny's just doing Jenny things. Um, <laughs> you where know, Jenny
2: things? She's Jennying all over the Jenny place. Things for Jenny girl. Jenny tells Kate that Allison Goldfrapp should play Jesse in the movie, which is just so fucking random. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like what? She's you cool, know, but I she's a Mia musician. Kirshner. <laughs> Mia Kirshner should play her. Do, have you seen her in Star Trek Discovery? She's Mia on. Kirshner? She's on the new Star Trek. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. Anyway, I think she'd be a good Jenny. I think she um, was
2: great in Not Another Teen Movie. Mm, yeah, great. you know what else? Uh, the Black Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, yeah. So then we cut to Kit <laughs> doing cocaine while Angus watches. Angus is just like skulking around in the shadows. <laughs> so bad.
1: Again, yeah, Angus, why is
0: he still there? Why is he there? He is
1: her shadow. God. it's like that story like emily in the shadow remember that children's book yeah anyway and then unfortunately for all of us angus saves the day kit's like i'm really fucked up she's upset because she can't get more coke and that's true usually when you do coke all you want you is want more, more coke, coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah obviously yeah that's part again, of it. very brief yeah that's part of it's that's fleeting part of the cocaine and then you want more chasing the dragon yeah 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 you want more so that it can be fleeting again it's
2: Do you think that's what this song, Ride a White Horse, is about? Do you think it's (laughs) about cocaine? And that's like, they were like, isn't that cool that we had them sing the cocaine song in the cocaine scene? So she asked Angus to take her to a
1: meeting tomorrow. Um, And she lets him hold her body.
0: Angus, And also come in as a gaslighting white savior that just like makes her feel super shitty about this relapse. Which is I'm just, his I'm, fault. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> his, I'm completely over Angus.
2: There's no reason for him to still be here. No. Nope. Any nope. other cast member cares enough about Kit that she could have done well, that team with anyone that's else. That's
0: the other crazy thing, too, is like they're all such good friends that there's no way that yeah. none of them would have stepped in before exactly. this yeah. point.
1: Like maybe bet. It's been, what, 10 space ten. gates since they last <laughs> spoke?
0: <laughs> that's a unit of I time. I fucking. <laughs> Literally go down the to list. basically. Like, bet
1: Poppy would take Shane, her. Shane, Tina, yeah. like Alli- Poppy. Not Alice. Poppy, who's right like now. in love with her. Tina. <laughs> Tina would take her. Tina would be like, Yes, Kit wants to hang out with me again. I'm back in the family. <laughs> yeah. She'd be so excited. You
2: know? <laughs> Fuck off. Uh,
1: Goldfraps says. happy birthday to Paige. Great. Um, and Paige is so happy. She's so happy. She can't believe that Shane pulled this off. Shane pulled then it then off. All. Just wait till birthday. she sees the purse. Wait till she sees the purse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Disgusting purse. <laughs> so then we go back what to... Is, if it has
1: a hamster in it? Maybe she was trying to find hamsters because when she was sniffing all the purses.
2: Do you think that's what she was looking for? It was like an animal?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like a hamster or a banana.
2: Yeah, okay. That that track or both. Just a thought. Maybe that's how you yeah, lure the hamster into the ugly bag is you put a banana in it and then it's the hamster's actually. like, oh, shit, awesome. I was hoping for a banana today and then the, it goes in the <laughs> bag and then... You buy the bag after you stick your face in it and see the hamster eating the banana and then you wrap it and you take it to the planet for the surprise party and Goldfrapp is like eating a banana on stage and it's like a whole cool thing. <laughs> and, then,
1: and then a little, little hamster crawl, right,
2: little trickles right over your tiny feet.
1: Mm-hmm. Over and then there's a hamster feet.
2: loose in the planet during a big <laughs> max capacity concert and that's a whole other episode. There we go. Oh, I love back this to this show. I know. It's so much fun. <laughs> we go back to school where Bet is like looking for Jody and yeah. Phyllis is like, Oh, I think she left. And then Bet finds Tom, who's packing up all of Jody's stuff because Jody's on a plane. So first he says the iconic line
0: I know you think I'm the asshole of life, but she's not responding to any of my messages.
2: So Tom's packing up all of Jody's stuff because she already left for New York. She's on yeah. a plane. So our final scene of the episode starts with Bette sitting amongst the sculptures. Uh, Goldfrapp is playing another song. And we go Mm. to Alice's apartment where Alice is asleep in her bed. And Tasha is like standing there watching her sleep. I
1: thought that Alice was Jared
2: at first. (laughs) Like a really amazing Jared scene was going to end the episode.
1: Yeah. I was like, I don't remember this. And then I saw Tasha sitting there stone faced and I was like, Oh, okay. I guess it's Alice. Um, and then Alice wakes up. Mm -hmm. Lisa really does her best to maintain the, like, I just woke up thing throughout the scene. And it like, it, it, it has middling success. And Tasha says she can't accept the watch because, um, it reminds her of Lisa who got a watch from her husband And then explains like how he left her and took her daughter. Alice is so awful during this scene. She's like, what? So I'm sure she got her daughter back, right? And she's like, no, Lisa's not coming back. Like Alice doesn't seem to be processing any of this information. She doesn't seem to care. She doesn't seem to be interested. It's so weird.
0: For somebody that has wanted Tasha to open up so badly. (laughs) Right. When she finally does, it's. Not there,
1: if I told someone that my friend died, and they didn't even seem to process the information
0: well and and then also too like up. even if you're woken up in the middle of like rem cycle sleep, <laughs> if somebody is like opening up to you on that level, you immediately kind of come to and you're like, "Oh, this is important. I'm gonna pay attention, and then we
2: end with the. Tasha, news. with the news that Tasha is her units being mobilized back to Iraq and that they leave in two weeks, um which is just holy shit.
0: also have issues with that because there's a lot of stuff that actually goes into deploying, especially into a combat zone where you're not going to be given two weeks' notice, like even at the height of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan wars, like you wouldn't just be told that within two weeks you're going back. So that's completely inaccurate. The only thing that I could think of is that if Tasha had been on a 12-month deployment, usually at nine months they let you come home or like they let you take R&R um, and then she might have chose to come back to the States, but that's usually only like two weeks long, which I yeah. guess in this universe, it could be two weeks that she's been there. Yeah, Who um, knows? <laughs> but, um, but that part's just like, super inaccurate because there, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that actually goes into your pre-deployment. Mm. And so that's just not actually logical at all. Well, well once then.
1: again, <laughs> we've been fooled by our television into believing things that aren't true.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the episode. There's like a very abrupt end to that scene like she like tells Alice mm-hmm. the information and then it like immediately cuts to black. Like it was I thought it was like a very right. abrupt end. The, yeah.
0: yeah, there's no there's no closure to it at all whatsoever. Like they don't linger on either of
2: their faces. It's just like she says it and then it's like, credits. <laughs> I
0: was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of being duped by television, the one thing that I do have to go back, I think it was four episodes ago, when yeah. Alice initially comes onto the base for the first time and they get on the super secret club helicopter to go... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, I thought of a name for it. It's the "Don't Ask, Don't Telecopter."
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. I know.
2: I wish I had thought of that um, a few weeks ago. But here we are. Whoa. Um,
0: yeah, I so know. I'm pretty. They, funny. Get, they get onto the "Don't Ask, Don't Telecopter." Um, number yes. one, I have never ever found that many lesbians in a unit. <laughs> really? Or even or even just like girls that, that's that are what, interested? I thought it was like, all gay like women interested in women at all like usually there's like one other and it's hit or miss on if you're friends or not (laughs) and so to have an entire helicopter of like six is unfathomable in my opinion (laughs) um and then to get a civilian onto a military helicopter Uh
1: uh-huh
0: that would not happen in a day it would not happen in weeks It would take months to get any sort of approval on that
1: even for a sky tour of los angeles's most beautiful beaches and building tops even even for that (laughs) even for a tour of the best b-roll shutterstock had to offer of los angeles california
0: (laughs) i I wish it was that easy talk about a good first date
1: (laughs) well i prefer a hot air balloon
2: oh that sounds fun i prefer to remain um on the ground at sea level Did we like this episode? I don't think I did. I felt very indifferent about this episode. I I didn't love it, especially being the second to last episode, like you're supposed to be putting all the pieces in place for your big finale and then what happened? Yeah. What even happened? Well, Jody episode?
1: left, sure, for the forest trees. Yeah, to do sculptures uh, in the month of March. Max took everyone's hands with his with a pee hand yeah Uh, also um, we find out who was a lesbian and who wasn't a lesbian and also bisexuality doesn't exist and also Henry clipped his toenails Um, so I can't think of a single moment of this episode that I truly loved except for Bette Porter reading Jenny's book
2: that was was definitely the best parts of the episode and Shane
1: and Paige were cute yeah they're cute so yeah I didn't much care for this
2: Yeah, I was like, eh. it's not the worst of the season, but it's not particularly good. Lauren, was there anything else about Tasha or about anything about this season um, as we're coming to the close of the season that you wanted to talk about, whether it was in this episode or not, just since we
0: we have you and all of your knowledge? Uh, Reese, actually, you sent me a note card while I was in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, My friend ordered a UDU hoodie for me while I was over there. And so I got it. Ah, I love that. Um, I got it while I was there, opened it up, had this awesome badass <laughs> hoodie that I got to wear all the time. But you actually <laughs> sent this like handmade um, like postcard type thing. But you wrote a really sweet note on it. And so like I still have it. Really cool. <laughs> That's so um, cute. But that was, what, I think, I, like,
1: yeah, I remember that. I think, I think that was
0: like six or seven years ago. Um, yeah, but just it's been a really cool experience for me. I I do appreciate the show for at least trying to enlighten people on that.
2: Thank you so much for for being on this episode. It was uh,
0: awesome to have you.
2: You know, I appreciate
0: it, um, especially as somebody that has read Otto Straddle for. Over 10 years now. And oh, wow. Have, like, oh, my God. have followed, like, Reese followed your recaps since I was notified, went back, reread all of them, you know, just being there. <laughs> but, but definitely, like, having an outlet and, like, having people out there that at least made me feel connected to a community that I have, you know, at times felt far removed from. So, yeah. Um, really great.
1: That's really nice. Oh, my goodness.
2: That makes me feel really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where can, uh, if people want to find you and follow you on the internet, um, do you want to let us know where they can do that?
0: Uh, sure. So Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N underscore Montoya, M-O-N-T-O-Y-A one three. That's Instagram. And then my Twitter At L -L -L I L underscore Snoozy, (laughs) S-N-U-Z-I underscore Vert, (laughs) V-E-R-T. I mostly am just on Twitter for memes and
2: just funny commentary (laughs) on the
0: world. I don't post too much. I retweet a lot. Oh, actually, if people do want to follow, follow something. So I am part of a... um, nonprofit organization called team Sum assembly required it's composed of adaptive athletes. So, um, folks that are missing limbs that go out and compete obstacle course, racing, Olympic lifting, um, marathon running, all of that. I'm an amputee myself. And so go out and kind of just shed light that we, you know, folks don't really like the term disabled. Like we're totally fucking abled and we go out and we crush stuff. Um, so um, that's
2: awesome.
0: So yeah, team some assembly required there, I think, on okay. all of the social medias. Um, that's cool.
2: That sounds awesome.
0: really cool. Thank
2: you all for listening. You can find and follow this podcast on Instagram and Twitter at to Ellen back. You can find Reese at AutoWin. You can find Autostraddle at Autostraddle and you can find me at Carlytron. Uh, you can email us. We have an email address, which is to Ellenbackcast at gmail.com. You can call our hotline, which is 971 217 6130. You can leave a message. Uh, We also have merch. If you go to store.autostraddle.com, you can get some merch. Um, Our theme song is by B. Sedwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And the production and editing of this podcast is by Lauren Klein. L words. (laughs) Are you ready, Carly? No, I'm never
0: ready. Are you ready,
1: Lauren?
2: Yeah.
1: Would you say that, do you think that, like, I made such a good card that I should be like a professional card maker.
0: Actually, it it's a really good card. <laughs> like, so. Oh my God. I, I, I love, love it. Yeah. It was, it's really good. I mean, obviously it was good enough that I kept it for like seven years. I'm going to call Hallmark.
2: <laughs> You're still okay. thinking over there. Yeah, I'm ready. Whatever.
1: <laughs> okay. one, two three
2: Lady Legatus. Rams. <laughs> okay wait lauren what'd you say i said
0: legless
1: <laughs> reese what did you say um i said lady rams because that's what it says on lauren's
2: shirt
0: it is softball <laughs> high school softball team
2: amazing wow, i said left gay. eye because the first thing that i thought of was lisa left eye lopez <laughs> <laughs> Actually I should have said Lisa left I Lopez it's so many L words. Yeah that would have been a Drupal I don't know how to say words. But you know yeah, what I mean fine. word
1: score thing.
2: You know um, what I mean? Thank you I'm all so for listening. We're going to end this now. Goodbye.
0: Bye bye, bye. 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 guys. My crying drinking squirting judging ranting camping writing thinking scheming. This is the way. It's the way.